Our Bible reading this morning is taken from 1 Corinthians 4, verses 1 to 5. 1 Corinthians 4, verses 1 to 5. This, then, is how you ought to regard us, as servants of Christ and of those entrusted with the mysteries God has revealed. Now, it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. I care very little if I am judged by you or by any human court. Indeed, I do not even judge myself. My conscience is clear. But that does not make me innocent. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait until the Lord comes, who will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of the heart. At that time, each will receive their praise from God. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning. Um, just to add my welcome to that of Joe's this morning. Great to not see you this morning, but to gather as you're gathered in your own homes. Thank you for taking the time to join us. As Joe said, this term we're looking at the theme of trust. It's topical and it's timely at a time of such uncertainty and difficulty in the world. But it's also a word that God has spoken over us as a church. God wants us to grow in trust. And most of us looking at the world and the state of it will see there are plenty of reasons why we should not trust our politicians, personal relationships that have nearly destroyed us in the past or are damaging us at the minute, work experiences that have nearly broken us, a world full of disease. And we're left wondering who or what can we trust? But the thing is this morning, we could spend forever throwing stones at other people's glass houses. But this morning, it's much more personal. Because how trustworthy do we think we really are? Let me pray as we begin. Heavenly Father, we pray, would you fall afresh upon us wherever we are? Our own homes, or you'll listen to this somewhere on the way afterwards. Would you help us to see clearly? Come to us, abide with us. And Lord, I pray too, each one of us is a work in progress. But Father, would you grow us? Would you mature us? Would you come with your healing touch this morning? In Jesus' name, amen. Well, before I uh, became a vicar, I spent a lot of time working in the NHS and attended many, many, many training courses. Why? Because the NHS is a massive people organization and it's utterly dependent on teams working well together. So they want you and they wanted other people to understand more about themselves, more about other people, so there's a good opportunity that teams could work well together, so that trust could be built. One of the fundamentals of trust is being self-aware, having an awareness of how our behavior affects other people. 
But the thing is this, all of this information, all of this analysis, all of these courses, actually doesn't give us the power to change. It doesn't give us the power to go beyond our weaknesses, our failures, our blind spots. For Christians, we know that God's calling on our life is to be full of joy, to be hopeful, loving people, full of the abundant life of God. One of the great images in the Bible is that in John 15, a dynamic vision of a vine and branches dependent on each other. But change and productivity are part of the nature of that relationship where vine and branch are difficult to separate. So what does it mean, what am I talking about when I'm talking about trusting ourselves? Do you know, it is amazing, even if you take nothing else away from anything else from this morning, just the idea that God trusts us with the life he has created us this morning. Have you spent time thinking about that? The biblical story begins with being created by a loving God in Genesis 1. He creates a wonderful, beautiful world in which human beings are fearfully and wonderfully made. We're called to bear God's image to a world. And we're created to be in harmonious, trusting, loving, peaceful relationships with God, with creation, and with one another. That's God's heart. That's God's plan this morning. So if you're feeling down this morning, if you're feeling weighed down, locked down, feeling a bit overwhelmed, it's getting to you, this lockdown. And you're feeling weak, you're feeling vulnerable, and you know that the life God has called you to feels a long way off. Know this, that your life is not an accident to God. Before you were born, God knew you, that he loves you, that you are his beloved and that he adores you, that while the world may say to you that you're worthless, that your performance is all that matters, that God this morning reminds us, even if you are feeling powerless and insignificant, that he sees you this morning, that you are, as the Bible says, you are the apple of his eye. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 13 in that great passage on love that love always trusts. Love always trusts. And the God of love has entrusted us our lives this day, the life that he's created each one of us to live and ordained for each of us. God trusts us with our lives. But secondly, you say, well, yes, but isn't it a little bit more difficult than that? Each of us has unique gifts, unique talents, different parents, different backgrounds, different upbringing, different experiences. And all of us are called to slightly different things with different careers. Some are called to be teachers, some are called to be careers advisors, some shop workers, some bin men or women, some environmentalists, some businessmen, some artists, some engineers, some carers some pastors, some musicians. How do we live and trust when there's so much diversity about being human around us? It's difficult. We're different. But of course, the Christian story is it gets a little bit worse than that too. 
because Christians recognized that things went wrong in Eden. Human beings chose independence from God in Genesis 2 and 3, trusting our own rule and our own reign and rejecting God's good purposes, the heart of a good father for us. We wanted to go our own way, create our own story, do our own thing. Sin entered the world, and mistrust in our relationships pervaded the whole of creation. What God planned for good had been broken. And make no mistake, the Bible is unequivocal about speaking of our condition as fallen people. People are described as unjust, wicked, lovers of self, malicious, prideful, corrupt, murderous, deceitful, manipulative, unfaithful, and altogether foolish. Sin is serious. The fall is deadly. But God did something about it by sending his own beloved son, Jesus, to repair and heal what was damaged to make peace where division reigned, where sin destroyed, Jesus came to make peace. Jesus, through his life, death, and resurrection ascension, overcame the curse of sin and death. That meant that Christians could live in freedom and forgiveness, in loving and trusting relationships with both with God and with one another and in the world. That's our inheritance as his people. People of trust restored, trust redeemed. And as God pours his spirit out upon his people, receive God's offer of new life, new faith, renewed trust, where before it was broken. You know, Jesus opens up a lifetime for us of discovering his purposes for us of knowing who we really are, who our creator created us to be as his beloved children. Accepting who we are, but also accepting what we're not. Living like our lives matter to God this morning. Making a real difference in the world God created for each one of us. Each of us are called to be open, to grow, and to change in our life with God, maturing, as the Bible talks about, in Christ-likeness. That's one of our callings. That's one of our purposes, as the author John Oetberg put it, so that you might become God's best version of yourself. Not in our strength, but in the power of the Holy Spirit. Then lastly, we're trusted with the gospel. See, once you've heard the good news of Jesus, once you've received the good news of God's kingdom, when we've enjoyed treasurers of immeasurable worth, we want to share it with other people. Good gifts of sharing and giving away. And this is what Paul writes at the beginning of this letter as our reading this morning. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 1. This then is how you ought to regard us, as servants of Christ, and as those entrusted with the mysteries God has revealed. God is entrusting us in our generation with the mysteries God has revealed to us. Do we realize that? That God is entrusting us with the gospel. 
us at St. Swithin's Walcott are Christ's ambassadors to a world commissioned to make disciples of all nations, sharing the good news of God's love with the needy world. God has entrusted us with this in the same way that the church in Corinth were entrusted to. And you may say, well, Tim, I'm not worthy of that. But look through the Bible. God isn't looking for perfect people. The Bible is full of flawed, colourful characters who God chooses to use. But what can we do this week to take hold of that inheritance of being trusted with the good news? Who can we encourage? Who can we pray for? Who can we give to? Who can we minister to? What is God calling each one of us to do this week? Just in case you're nervous this morning that I've got lost in some of um, um, self-help idolatry, that's not what trusting ourselves is about. It's about trusting the true and good God who loved us so much that he wants to use us to display his splendor to Bath and beyond. It's about the God who comes and sends his son Jesus and pours out his spirit to give us an abundant life even in difficulty and hardship and weakness and our own personal vulnerability. Do you know this morning as God's precious child take hold of the resurrection life he's entrusted you with. God is with us. Let's pray. Just take a moment of quiet wherever you're sat this morning. Heavenly Father, where we're blind to the wonder of who you are, with the scales fall off our eyes. Where we're blind to our own sin and brokenness and are crashing around. Cleanse us, forgive us, restore us, and heal us as we repent. Where we're disobedient to your purposes and just wanting to go our own way, we repent and turn back to you this morning, Lord Jesus. Where we continue to resist your leading and guiding, forgive us, Father, and put us back on the right road. Would you come afresh upon us, Holy Spirit? Would you fall afresh upon us with life, restore hope, set us free, give us the courage to trust your leading and prompting, maybe in a new way this week, where we trust that maybe you are speaking to us and prompting us to do something or speak to somebody. But Father, where fear has taken hold and gripped us with like a death grip over our lives. We bring the power of the cross and the resurrection of Jesus over those situations. Bring freedom. Bring your resurrection life, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.